once, like not once. And it's just freaking me out at the moment, you know. I'm looking at that thinking, well, today would have been a really good day for a dove, you know. And she goes, so when you started and said, you know, you've got, you've got these sparrows and they're grey and blah, blah, blah. And then what you've got there is this eagle's the, it's a holy spirit. I thought, oh, she's done it again, you know. Then it goes on and it says somewhere through, um, through it was, somewhere, sorry, though it was an exciting concept. It would mean drawing closer to God in order to be able to get God images each week. It would mean being able to hone my skills and really explore the meaning of prophetic art. It could mean a greater understanding of worship and on an artistic level it would mean consistently creating rather than the previous ad hoc, occasional and sometimes frantic production to meet a deadline that I was used to. It might even mean creating a work that the Father touched supernaturally with anointing so that it carried healing or presence wherever it went. Like, it's actually really well written. I know that sounds like I have surprise in my voice, but it's not supposed to sound like that. And so I want to acknowledge that because we've got to champion the people that do things. And so as a church, we want to honour you. Please come up. (laughs) It was a sensational effort. So can we, just where you're sitting, just raise your hands, point them towards her, and let's just pray for grace right now. Father, we just thank you. We thank you for the anointing that's upon her life. We thank you for the call. Lord, we thank you for the struggles there are at times. We know what it's like when we're trying to hear from you, particularly week after week after week. And God, sometimes we're wondering, was that you? Is that the picture that you want? Is that where you want me? Lord, I, I totally understand. And Father, I thank you for her tenacity and I thank you for her perseverance, Lord God. I thank you for her patience in sticking with it. I thank you for what she's been able to achieve. And I thank you for the book that she's produced in capturing, Father, that journey. And so, Lord God, we Lord, not just wish her the best, God, we pray for the best. Father, we pray, Lord, that the name Grace Bailey would be synonymous with prophetic art, Lord, right across not just our nation, but the nations. Lord, that she would be called upon. Lord, that people would seek her advice. Lord, that they would come to learn, Lord, what she's learnt directly from you. So I thank you for this wonderful woman. We thank you, Lord, for Laurie, who stood beside her and probably been there through some of the frustrating times. Lord, we pray that you would continue to lift them up and give them strength, Lord, as they step out of the boat and hear your voice. And Lord, we as your children just say thank you that they're in our family. And we bless you and we bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. Everyone had a good week? Amen, they say. I cannot speak without water. There is no downside to drinking coffee, but the one thing I must remember is to keep my water intake high. So, okay. (sighs) Over the last couple of weeks um, that I've spoken, 
it's been a bit of fun because I, I, I preach, you know, I, I teach a little bit when I preach, but I, I think I'm more a preacher than a teacher. But I've tried to make a concerted effort to slow down and use more scripture uh, to teach a bit more. Having said that, I know that I end up preaching <laughs> just with more scripture involved. Um, but I have attempted uh, to teach. And so we've looked at giving uh, and the timeless principles of giving. And I, I do want to say, not for anything, if you didn't get that, the feedback from that, that's the first time I've taught uh, on the foundations of giving in my six years at the church. Uh, and the feedback has, has really been quite encouraging. So I can only encourage you, if you've not listened to that, if you haven't heard that, get yourself a copy. Even put down an order from the back desk or jump online to our website at mtclear.com.au and you can uh, download it for free there if you like. But grab a hold of it and listen to it and let it get into your spirit. Yeah, Because one of the things that I stated on the day that the act of giving is an act of worship, no different to when we sing songs and when we pray prayers. It's not a lesser act. And for some of us, we've got to step up into the, at the same level that we're at at other places, okay, if that makes any sense. And then last week, uh, we looked at and taught on prayer. And I think a really easy and simple summary for prayer is that we were created to pray. We were created to talk to God and to listen to him. That's why he created us. And so today I thought, well, in our church alone, you know, we've got Christians that are, you know, some of you that have been Christians your whole life. Some of you have been Christians for years. Right? You've been Christians longer than I've been alive. Others of you have been Christians for half your life. Others have been Christians for one or two years. We've got people from different walks of life, people that have come out of different churches and different denominations, and et cetera, et cetera. So I thought it would be really important to talk about the Holy Spirit. Not the baptism of the Holy Spirit as such, that's coming but the person of the Holy Spirit. Because we have to understand who the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit's not an it. Yeah? The Holy Spirit is a person. And I guess my desire and prayer is that we not just learn about the Holy Spirit, but that we come to know Him and love Him and enjoy Him as well. You know, that we, I guess that we would be awakened by Him and empowered by Him, by the Holy Spirit. That we would be able to work out strategies and stuff in our life that, that will defeat the enemy, that would defeat the temptations that come our way. That we would come up with a plan with him, you know, to save the captives, yeah? Those that are lost, that don't, those that don't know Jesus. It's vital, it's really vital that for every Christian to personally know the Holy Spirit as a person, yeah? As a person, not just a floating aberration, Yeah? as a person. So that's what we're going to try and unpack today. Is that cool? Well, let's pray. <laughs> Father, have your way. Lord, may my words be your words, and Father, the words that you want spoken, may they be clear. Lord, may they sink deep within our hearts. Lord, if change is required, a rewriting of code, so to speak, may that happen. Father, may we grab hold of all of who you are. Father, Son and Holy Spirit. So Lord God, we just say, have your way today in this place, in Jesus' name. Everyone said? Amen. Amen. Cool. So most of us are cool to say that the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, depending on when you became a Christian and church life, 
Many of us would have heard the Holy Spirit referred to as the Holy Ghost. Who remembers that, you know? Sometimes it still comes out and my son will look at me and go, the Holy who? <laughs> the Holy Casper, come on. No, it just doesn't, you know, it doesn't sort of have the same resounding effect as it used to back then, but certainly the translation is still the same. So if he's the third person of the Trinity, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, that means he's God in the same way that Father is God, in the same way that Jesus is God, Yeah. And I guess a very simple analogy that we would teach to our youth and young adults and even to our children for those that are trying to get a concept of the Trinity, but more so to get an understanding that he's the third, pers- third person, yeah, is H2O. Yeah? You've got H2O. H2O is water. You boil water, becomes steam. You freeze water, it becomes ice. So you've got water, you've got steam, you've got ice. They are all... H2O. They are all the one thing, yeah? But they all have a different function, a different role. That's God. You have God. You've got God the Father in a role. You've got God the Son in a role. And you've got God the Holy Spirit in a role. They are all God. They are all H2O, so to speak. That's the simplest analogy that you're ever going to hear, yeah? To try to understand the Trinity and that they are all God. Jesus and the Holy Spirit aren't lesser gods. It's not how it works. They are all God and all three of them are one. That's cool? Good, I'm glad. There would be some problems otherwise. Now, the reality is that the Holy Spirit's with us now exactly in the same way that Jesus was with the disciples. Exactly the same way. So Jesus was the disciples' teacher. So for us today who claim to be Christians, the Holy Spirit is our teacher. Yeah? The Holy Spirit is our teacher. The words on the piece of paper aren't our teacher. The Holy Spirit's our teacher as we read the words that are on the piece of paper. Okay? You see, when we get to know the Holy Spirit, I mean really get to know, we'll discover the joy that the Holy Spirit could bring into our lives. Now, he's a person and he has a personality. He's not an influence. Yeah? He's not, a, 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 he's, he's not power, energy, like electricity. You know, that some who are on that, that spiritual uh, trail, you know, go from place to place looking for the energy. He's not like that. He's not a force like magnetism. He's not any of those things. The Holy Spirit is a person, just like Jesus. And I'll give you some scriptures so that you can see how this person acts. Yeah? So if you've got your, your pens, great. The scriptures will be on, on the screen. Um, you can ask young Ash, and she's got a whole bunch of scriptures that she had to put into the system, so we'll give it a bell. But this is the way the Holy Spirit acts. The Holy Spirit can command. Acts 8.29, the Spirit told Philip, okay, very clear, go to that chariot and stay near it. So the Holy Spirit can tell you to do something. Unless you see the Spirit, the same as Father God, yeah, and the same as Jesus, then you're going to ignore him when he talks to you and tells you to do something, okay? The Holy Spirit has a mind, Romans 8.27, just the first part. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit. So the Holy Spirit has a mind. He has a will, 1 Corinthians 12.11. All of these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. So he makes up his mind, he has a will. He says, this is what we're going to do, yeah? He can be resisted. Acts 7.51. 
you stiff-necked people. Your hearts and ears are still uncircumcised. You are just like your ancestors. You always resist the Holy Spirit. He loves, Romans 15.30. I urge you, brothers, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit. What love? The love of the Spirit. So he loves. He can be grieved, Ephesians 4.30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. So don't grieve the Holy Spirit. It's like upsetting your wife. It should only last moments, but it can last days, but not in my household, of course. Yeah? So you can grieve the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can be insulted, Hebrews 10.29. How much more severely do you think someone deserves to be punished who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, who has treated as an unholy thing the blood of the covenant that sanctified them, and who has insulted the Spirit of grace? So we can insult the Holy Spirit because he's a person. He can be offended. It's important for us to know that God the Holy Spirit and to know God the Holy Spirit as a person. You, you just have to. Because I know growing up in, in, in a Catholic home for years and years, even when I first came to Christianity and learning about the Holy Spirit, because of the Spirit's name, you know, so to speak, we refer to him as the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost, it really doesn't lean itself to picture a person, does it? Really, it doesn't, you know? It should be the Father, the Son, and the Holy Person or something. You know, look, it's Holy Spirit, you just think Spirit. You don't think person. But we don't relate to a spirit as such. We relate to the person of the Holy Spirit. And it's important because the Holy Spirit speaks to us. And we have to understand how the Holy Spirit works as a person in our lives. See, when we know him as a, as a person, it brings reality that everything that we do in our lives day to day, everything that we do, whether good or bad, has an effect on God. Everything that you do, everything that you don't do, positive, negative, has an effect on God because the Holy Spirit's a person. So, let's see if we can move forward, yeah? How do we know the voice of the Holy Spirit? I know the silence is because this is just so simple. I know that. Yeah. But it is really simple. It's, it's easy. Watch this. He always speaks with a positive purpose. Always. Yeah? Always. It's like the, the prophetic word that we hear from the Holy Spirit is always uplifting, encouraging, comforting, strengthening. Yeah? It's never negative. Yeah? It's God if God, Holy Spirit, shows you something negative, it's so you can pray into something. It's not so you can speak negative words on his behalf. We're not Old Testament prophets. We're not here for woe is me. That's not New Testament. That's not how it works. The minute you get someone that comes up and says, I've got a word for God and blah, 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 and all of a sudden in your spirit you're sinking and you feel like you're drowning, just say, you know what? I'm going to go and speak to the Lord about that because it's not very encouraging. It's not very uplifting. It's not very comforting. It's not very strengthening. I hear what you're saying but I'm not going to take that on board in my life. Thank you, though. Yeah. It's very clear how the way Father God works through the Holy Spirit, okay? His voice is always and will always speak with a positive purpose, always. And he always encourages us to be more like Jesus, always. When he speaks, it strengthens our spirit, not weakens. It strengthens our spirit. He brings the supernatural presence of Jesus to us. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He brings peace. He brings joy. He brings power. 
He makes, he makes it so that deep within ourselves, within our spirit, we know that we are sons and daughters of the living God. Not because of what we've read, not because of what the pastor said or your mate told you, not because of the Facebook meme that you happen to read, but because deep within you there's a conviction that the Holy Spirit has put there that you're a son and daughter of God. So it's inescapable. No matter how you feel, you are royalty. You may wake up feeling like dirt, yeah? And I know no one here has days like that except for me. That you wake up and you think, man, today would be a perfect day to curl up in bed, particularly if someone would just bring food and drink occasionally. You know, anyone else have those moments? Yeah. But the Holy Spirit, even in those moments, because of the conviction that it places in our spirits, we know that we're sons and daughters of God. So there's a better way to live, yeah? The Holy Spirit is our helper. John 14, 26. This is how we know when the Spirit's speaking to us. John 14, 26. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I've said to you. The Greek word for Advocate is parakletos. It's also counsellor, comforter. Yeah? It's the one, it means the one who comes alongside to help. That's the Holy Spirit's role. He's our helper, our comforter, our advocate. Okay? Now, when he speaks... He will speak to us about Jesus and he will reveal Jesus' teaching to us. So John 16, 13 and 14. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me, yeah, Jesus, he will glorify me because uh, it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. So Jesus promised the spirit would remind us and teach us to do what he did. The Holy Spirit will never come and just sit there and talk about yourself. You know how we all have friends? You go out for coffee and they talk about themselves. You ever have those? Yeah, you've got those people. You go there, you say, good day, how's life? And you think, the minute you say that, you go, darn it. Man, I'm going to need a tall latte for this conversation. Anyone got friends like that? You know? And at the end of the day, like, they don't mean it. It's just, it happens, yeah? The Holy Spirit's not like that. Like, when I'm in a conversation and people are saying things and they go, oh, this was really good, I did this, the first thing my mind does is it reminds me when I do something similar and so I want to share how I did it too, even if it's a little bit better, you know. <laughs> you know? I think we're all, most of us are wired that way, but the Holy Spirit's not. The Holy Spirit will never sit beside you to talk about himself. The Holy Spirit will talk about Jesus. The Holy Spirit will talk about Jesus. You've got to hear me. The Holy Spirit is only there to glorify the Son, yeah? That's what the Holy Spirit is there to do. Doesn't speak about himself. And you know what? Now, I'm going to have to unpack this because the initial statement is going to sound um, confusing. <laughs> he won't speak to you when you're confused. Now, he's the one that you go to when you're confused, but he won't speak to you when you're confused. Because, look, it says in 1 Corinthians 14.33, just the first part, it says, For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. Yeah? So now there's something, there's an action that's within, that, that we have the ability to do that will allow God to speak into our confusion. So have you ever tried to speak to a child when they're hysterical? Do they listen? No chance. My wife, my kids are eight and ten. Nathan's about to turn nine. And Melanie's still telling me that they can't hear a word I'm saying at particular times. You know, not the right time. They're not hearing you. You know, and I'm the sort of person that when I'm upset with them about something, you know, because they've done something wrong, I then remind them of the other things they've done wrong. 
And Mel's like, they're not going to hear you, but it's important to get it out now. Is it important for them? Is it? So I always end up on marriage counselling. So anyway, with Jesus, he won't, I should say the Holy Spirit, he will not speak to you when you're confused. So what that means is when you're confused, you've got to get away from that source of confusion. You've got to go to a quiet place. You've got to remove yourself. So if it's an argument with husband and wife or with children, if it's a difficulty at work, you've got to remove yourself from that. You have to get to a place where you can breathe again and hear his voice and then he will speak into the situation. But he will not speak when you're confused and your life's running amok all over the place because there's just too many voices. And he is the still, small voice, the quiet voice that speaks really loudly when you stop long enough to put yourself in a position to hear it so that you can step back into that turmoil and take care of it. Amen? That's the way the Holy Spirit works. What about John 14, 6? And I'll ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. And like we said before with that particular word, some versions say helper or counsellor. You see, when Jesus prayed to the Father, he expected the Father to give the disciples the Holy Spirit. There was no doubt in when he spoke to the Father. And he says really clearly, I'll, I'll ask the Father and he will give you another advocate. Not he might, depends on how you behave, depends if you've been a good Christian, if you've said you're, a bit, you know, you've said your night prayers. It's not like that. He will. He will give you another advocate. So what he's saying is another advocate is another helper, another counsellor. And another advocate, another helper, another counsellor is the Holy Spirit. And in the Greek, the word another means of the same kind. So Jesus is actually saying that, and I'll ask the, the Father, and he will give you a helper of the same kind, exactly like me. Not a, not a smoky aberration, a person like me, God the Holy Spirit. Yeah? Jesus showed us really clearly that the Holy Spirit's a person. John 16, 7 and 8. But truly I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him, not it. I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will prove. Some versions will say convict the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. So verse 7, he goes, I'm going to send you another advocate, counselor, helper. Yeah? I'm sending you another one. And then it says, I will send him. Verse 8, when he comes, he will prove. When Jesus calls him a counselor and a comforter, he treats him as a person, not a force. Yeah, Not some mystical, magical force. And when he calls him another counselor, he means he will be a counselor just like me. That's pretty comforting to know that he's going to, the Holy Spirit will be a counselor just like Jesus. It's awesome, in fact, because the Holy Spirit is a person. And I love this particular passage of Scripture in Luke because it shows, it shows the Trinity in action together when Jesus gets baptised. Yeah, Luke 3, in verse 21 and verse 22. When all the people were being baptised, Jesus was baptised too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son whom I love, with you... Uh, with you, I'm well pleased. So the Father was speaking, you're my son. Jesus was being baptised and he was praying. And the Holy Spirit at this particular point was descending in the physical form of a dove. I love the, the fact that it shows the Trinity. They're all God, but shows them operating in their, 
in their des you know, designated roles. Yeah? The beauty about the Holy Spirit is that he goes by a stack of names. And for us to know him as a person, it's really good to know some of those names because it'll help us understand him when he speaks to us. Yeah? So some of those names you find in Isaiah, uh, Isaiah 11, verse 2, the spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might or power, the spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord. So check it out. That's just there is seven names of the Holy Spirit. The type of person that the Holy Spirit is, the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of counsel. Amen for that because I need it constantly. The spirit of might, some versions power, the spirit of knowledge, the spirit of the fear of the Lord. And then even in Galatians 4 verse 6, it says, because you are his sons, sons God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out Abba Father. God was pleased to place his fullness in his Son. And through the Holy Spirit, we have his Son living within us. Yeah? Do you understand how it works? It's these names of the Holy Spirit that help us understand his personality. The Father loves us like Abba, Daddy, loves us so much that when he sends and gives us the Holy Spirit, he doesn't do it as a punishment. He doesn't do it so the Holy Spirit would be like you know, Casper the ghost, and he would be difficult to find. It's not like that. He's a person that we can know, yeah? So when he sends and gives us the Holy Spirit, he gives him to us for a reason. That's why it reads in John 14, 26, but the counsel of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. So he's got a role as well. Hey, when you go there, teach them about Jesus. Remind them of everything, yeah? That's what he's there to do. Have you ever read the Bible and thought to yourself, geez, that was boring? I know some of you don't want to put up your hand. Or, so let's, let's make it simpler so it's not as embarrassing. Have you ever read the Bible and thought, I didn't get anything from that today? I've read it, but, you know. Now, the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit, is here to teach us about Jesus. So even though you and I may have moments, and we all have these moments, if we're to be completely honest, transparent and vulnerable, where we read and there's no penny dropping, yeah? But it's going inside of us. So the way that the Holy Spirit works, if we go to that scripture in John 14, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. So what happens? you ever had those moments when you're in a conversation with somebody and all of a sudden you think of a scripture, you don't know exactly where it is, but you can see the whole passage. And so you share with them, oh, it's like God says in the word, blah, 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 blah. The Holy Spirit has just reminded you of something that you've taken the time to put in, imagining that that was a worthless amount of time that you'd given to reading the word because there was no revelation at the time. But when the time is right, the Holy Spirit illuminates what we read and reminds us of things so that we can be effective people, sons and daughters, ambassadors for him. Yeah, It's not about reading the word and getting revelation every time. If that was the case, we'd be on cloud nine. And the truth is, I don't think anyone here, unless we're taking an illegal drug, lives on cloud nine every moment of every day of every week. I don't believe that's the case. 
All of us have the odd peak and troughs. Some of us have longer troughs. Some of us have higher and longer peaks. But we all have ups and downs. But when the time's right, what you've read in those moments of anguish, of frustration, of pain and hurt, that you felt like, God, I didn't get my answer today, the Holy Spirit will use it. It's never wasted. Yeah, Never wasted. That's how good he is. You know, one of the roles of the Holy Spirit is to convict people of sin blatantly. It says that in John 16, 8. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. You know, growing up as a Christian, when I first came to the Lord when I was about 19, sin was very simply described to me as S-I-N, sin in nature. Sin that was in my nature that was separating me from having a personal relationship with a loving father. That's how it was described to me. And sin's a thing that keeps us separated from him. And the truth is that people who don't know God, you've got to understand they don't know God. They've not tasted of his goodness. It makes no sense to them. Yeah, They want to live undisturbed in their sin. Yeah, But the Spirit of God speaks clearly to men's hearts about their sin and convicts them. That's why Oswald Chambers says in one of his devotionals, he says, the word of God inflicts hurt on us more than sin ever could because sin dulls our senses. All of us have got friends or family or acquaintances that we look at and think, how can they live like that? Don't they know it's not good for them? Can't they see it? Anyone got people like that? That you speak to and you try to share the goodness and the glory of God, but the penny doesn't drop? Because the reality is that sin dulls our senses. Sin's pleasurable for a time but leads to death. If you knew something was leading to death, wouldn't you jump out? If you're on a train and you could see it was going to hit something and it wasn't stopping, you would take your life into your own hands, you would pry open the door and you would look for an opportune time to jump out to save your life even though you're going to be hurt. Yeah. Sin dulls our senses and it, particularly those that don't know Jesus. That's why when you first come to the Lord and even in your journey, as you allow God to do a work in you, it hurts. Because he starts to show you the stuff he wants to pull out, the stuff that's not right. If you were still in sin, if you still didn't know God, it wouldn't matter. He dulls that, he leaves that there, Satan's happy, it's all good. But when God gets involved, that's why it says that, that the word, it, it cuts like a double-edged sword through bone and marrow, it gets straight to the spirit. And all of a sudden, you ever heard this? Since I've been a Christian, this has happened, that has happened, my world's falling apart, blah, 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 blah. You ever heard that? All of us, most of us should have heard that. It's because God starts to do a work. And now the, the, the anesthetic of sin has worn off because God's spirit's getting in there. Yeah, that's for free. I just it was on a hobby yours. But the spirit of God, he comes to convict of sin. But to us who are saved, he convinces us, convinces, not convicts, he convinces us of a better way to live, a better way to speak, a better way to act. God doesn't have to show us what we're doing wrong. He just has to show us that he wants us to be like his son, the goodness that he has for us. I don't have to tell my kids that the toy is broken. They know it's broken. They just want to know that there's a new one around the corner. The Holy Spirit reveals and speaks the truth about the righteousness of Jesus, that Jesus is perfect, that he's sinless. Here's one for us to think about, yeah? What was the source of Jesus' power? Luke 4, Luke chapter 4, verse 14. 
reads, And Jesus returned to Galilee filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Yeah? It amazes me that there are, and I don't speak this in judgment, but more in astonishment, that there are places that give no credence to the third member of the Trinity. How can you do that? When Jesus himself, when he was in bodily form, was filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Yeah? You and I are filled with the Holy Spirit's power. God put his fullness in his Son. The Holy Spirit has placed his Son in our hearts. It's the Holy Spirit that empowers us. Keep reading. Reports about him spread quickly through the whole region. He taught regularly in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. When he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures. The scroll of Isaiah the prophet was handed to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim the cap that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favour has come. He rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant and sat down. All eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently. Then he began to speak to them. The scripture you've just heard had been, has been fulfilled to this very day. You've got to love verse 14 and verse 18. Filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Verse 18, the Spirit of the Lord is on me. See, Jesus' power didn't come from himself as the sinless Son of God. That's not right. Jesus' power came from the Holy Spirit. It's very clear. If you don't like that, that's cool. I'm only sharing you know, my theological belief and I'm happy to reap that page out of your Bible for you. That's cool because you may as well cross it out if you don't like it. The Holy Spirit power was what filled Jesus, yeah? And you know the exciting part? The same Holy Spirit is on us. The same Holy Spirit is in us. The same Holy Spirit that filled Jesus fills us. Come on, that's really, and I'm not even talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'm just talking about the Holy Spirit. Wait till I get to that and I get a bit charismatic. <laughs> Ephesians 3.16, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. That means we've got everything we need to say no to the temptations that come to us every day. Everything we need. At the end of the day, after we've accepted and said yes to Jesus, he gives us the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit gives us life. That's why in John 6, um, chapter 6, verse 63, the Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. Yeah, The words I've spoken to you, they are full of the Spirit and life. See, once we understand who, who he is and what he does in us and for us, then it's up to us to talk with the Spirit to talk with the Holy Spirit, to walk with the Holy Spirit, to listen to the Holy Spirit. And actually, like we learned last week, one of them, you know, in prayer, it's really important to listen. If we don't listen, then, man, we're, we're missing out on half the stuff that God, Father God, has for us. If my kids are always upset and disappointed and don't listen to what I have to say, they're going to miss all, you know, a majority of the blessings of life, aren't they? The Holy Spirit gives life and the Holy Spirit sets us free. Romans 8, 2. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Every Christian that has said yes to Jesus has the Holy Spirit. Not just those 
that speak in tongues. Okay? Let's put that out there. Not just those that speak in tongues. Do I believe that tongues is an evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit? I believe it is a evidence. An evidence. Not the evidence is my personal theology, yeah? Because it says in Ephesians 1.13, And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you, when you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. The passage says all of us, not some of us, are marked with that seal. Not one or two, not after you've been a Christian for 15 years. All of us that were included in Christ, who have heard the message of truth. And if you know anything about a seal, seals are placed on valuable items to show who owns them, aren't they? Like they're really cool, especially the old wax seals, you know, like they're awesome. You know, it would be great to have a need for them today, but the screen on my tablet and your iPad's probably not going to like that too much. So we've been marked in him with a seal. That means that God's spirit working in us shows that we belong to him. Yeah? Because the seal was to show people who or what that thing belonged to. We're marked with a seal. It shows who we belong to. Like, really, that's brilliant. You belong to him. Amen. You're not your own. You belong to God. Glory. That means I'm a co-heir and heir with him. If I belong to him, it means everything that he has... We have. Amen? Romans 8.16 says, The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. And there's a whole bunch of stuff. All of us will display the fruits of the Spirit. Galatians 5.22-23. And most of you would know this. So I don't want to teach you how, how to make a wheel go round. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. There is no law against these things. Here is the fruit of the Spirit. But really, let's flesh that out just a touch. I don't think any of us plant a tree today and expect to get fruit tomorrow. Do you? No, none of us do. Like, none of us do. But yet, as Christians, we are all guilty at one time or another, watching people come into the house of God and planting themselves and expecting them to show the fruits of the Spirit within 24 hours. How can that be? It doesn't work like that. It's a journey. And bit by bit, we see a fruit pop out. And another fruit, we see some, we see some, person, some patience. Some, we just see it coming out over time. Yeah? In the same way that a tree that we plant in our yard grows and over time we see its fruit. It's really important to know. See, having Papa's Spirit, the Holy Spirit in us, is to know that he's gradually working in each and every one of us to change us and make us more like him. From glory to glory, from strength to strength. Yeah, Over time. It's a process. Constantly. You know, Father God, Daddy, I guess, uses the Holy Spirit to pour his love in our hearts. Romans 5.5 5, And this hope will not lead to disappointment for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with love. Man, if we're struggling to love today because of circumstances in our life today, 
And maybe I'm the only person who wakes up occasionally and feels like I can't love a particular person or child. <laughs> then I've got to get back and listen, remove myself from some of that confusion and heartache to a place where I can hear him again so that he can speak into that. Because it's really clear that this hope will not lead to disappointment for we know how dearly God loves us because he's given us the Holy Spirit to fill, fill, not half, not partial, to fill our hearts with love. John Piper says this, he says, it will make a great deal of difference in your own life if you believe that you are being indwelt and led and purified, not by impersonal forces from a distant God, but by a person who is... Um, who in his essence is the love of God. Brilliant quote. So as we get to know him, the Holy Spirit, we get to know what he's doing in us and for us. And he's always doing stuff in us. John 16, 13, I'm going to wrap up because of the time. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. So the Holy Spirit's forever working in us. He's guiding us into all truth. He's not speaking about himself. He's speaking only what he hears and he directs us to Jesus. He's going to tell us what is to come. The Father directs our footsteps. Where do you think our prophetic words and pictures come from? Do you think you're plucking them out of the sky? The Holy Spirit's giving them to you. He will glorify Jesus and he will take what is Jesus, what is, what, is, what, what is Jesus God, yeah, and he will make it known to us. Everything that Jesus has is ours through the Holy Spirit. So I want to finish with this, so let's stand. Let's all stand. Let's all smile. If we can get this, if we can understand this, it just... For some of us, it will change how we interact with the Holy Spirit. It will change how we speak to the Holy Spirit. It won't be wishy-washy, it won't be an if, it won't be to an it. It will be to a, to a him, to a person. Yeah. When we live with and through the power of the Holy Spirit, we won't give in to the temptations of the devil. I'm telling you, you will not. If the Holy Spirit is guiding your life, you will not give in to the temptations of the devil. That's why it says in Galatians in 5, verse 16, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Yeah, Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. I'm struggling. I keep struggling. I keep struggling in this area. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Struggling with stuff? Then start doing life with the Holy Spirit. Yeah? Start acknowledging the third person of the Trinity. Start speaking to him. Ask him questions. He's there to reveal more and more of Jesus to you. As you capture more and more of Jesus, you're going to understand more and more of Father God. Yeah? Start listening to his advice. Start hearing his voice. Start obeying his instructions. And finally, Jude 20. Only one chapter. So verse 20 and verse 21. But you, dear friends must build each other up in your most holy faith. Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. Some people will teach you that it's about praying in tongues. It's neither here nor there if you actually break it down to its original context. It's saying pray all the time. Pray by being led in the Spirit. 
Can it be by praying in tongues? Yeah, it can be that too, but it's, it's not definitive in either way. What it's saying is pray, 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 but be led by the Holy Spirit. Yeah, Praying to the things that he's, he's putting on your heart. And await the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now you've got to capture this. He will bring you eternal life. In this way, you will keep yourselves safe in God's love. Yeah? If you want to be safe in God's love, then start praying with and through the Holy Spirit. Start building each other up with the Holy Spirit. Speak words of encouragement inspired by the Holy Spirit. Pray in English. Pray in your own native tongue. Pray in the tongues of angels. Whatever it is, but just pray being led by him. Don't pray with what's in, just in your mind. Allow the Spirit of God to lead you. You might make your list, but as you're praying, allow him to lead you. And don't be disappointed that you think, man, I didn't pray that second point. Just let him lead you. Pray in the Spirit, led by the Spirit. I started with, and so I want to finish with this, my desire and prayer is that we not just learn about the Holy Spirit, but that we come to know him and love him and enjoy him. The Holy Spirit's not an it. The Holy Spirit, he's a person, an integral part of the Godhead that we need to get to know. Is that okay? Why don't we close our eyes while we pray? And again, I said last week you could pray with them open. That's okay too. Father, I just thank you. I just thank you for you. I thank you for your son. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. I thank you for everything that you've given us. Father, I thank you for the word today. Lord, I do pray that you would challenge us in our very being, that, Father, we would start to acknowledge Father, Son, and Holy Ghost as equal members of the Trinity, that we would allow, Lord, the Holy Spirit room, Father, and permission to do in our life what you have actually sent him here to do in us and through us. Father, I pray that as we become more and more aware of the Holy Spirit in us, that we would become more and more like your son Jesus, that we would understand Jesus' words and Jesus' actions more than ever before, all because we've allowed and stopped and put ourselves in a position where we can hear you through your Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you that you've given us all things, all tools that we need to be totally equipped for this life that we live, to be effective vessels on this earth. So, Father, this day, Father, and this week, I pray that you would create opportunities for us to be able to share. Father, share of your goodness. And as we do that, I pray that, Holy Spirit, you would bring to light something that we've read, that we've forgotten about, even if it was many years ago, that you would remind us of past testimonies, things that we've experienced, Lord, that, that these, this day and these days, it's, it's not even in our focus anymore. It was so long ago. I pray that you would remind us. Father, I pray that we would hear you in a way that we would be able to share your goodness and people would know that there's something different about us. And, Lord, we can talk about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you because you are our Father, that you are our Saviour, that you are our Messiah, that you are our Lord and our King, that you are also our Brother, our Comforter, our Advocate, our Counselor and our Guide. I thank you that, Lord, you do and you are all of those persons in our life, Lord, that you make us better people, more like you. So we thank you for this Sunday. Lord, we pray for goodness all week and safety in all travel. We think of our friends, Lord, in Kenya right now. 
And we pray that you would continue to be with them, that you would inspire them in such a way that they would come back so filled with passion and fire that they would be different people. Lord, that they would be so missional. Lord God, that they would just rock the very foundations of Ballarat. Father, we pray that they would discover you in a fresh and a new way. Lord, that they would come back, Lord, more like your son Jesus. So we thank you that you got them there safely. We know they're there still for some time, but we pray that you'd bring them home safely. And we thank you for our family here. We thank you for those that are serving in kids' church, the, the unseen and unsung volunteers that, Lord, constantly, Lord, just go and spend their time, Lord, so that we could spend our time in here, Lord, Lord, quietly, while our children are being taught and being inspired and learning new things. We thank you for those that are always part of the behind the scenes of this church and other churches, that you would continue to encourage them, Lord, in, in their service and in their work. We thank you for those that are stepping out like grace and writing books that will bring glory to your name. Lord, we are your people. We are your family. And we give you all the glory. And everyone at Mount Clear said, Amen. Amen.